All right, hello, my digital samurais. Today I'm here with Juan Banos, owner CEO of BRCO, a multi-million dollar construction company that he took from near bankruptcy to a company now that has just, that right? just shy of 150 employees. Yep. Yep. And I don't really want to talk so much about your company, but more about just your success and what makes you so successful. Before we start, I like to ask. What's a life mantra or a life quote that you live by? Oh man, that's a loaded question. I would probably answer with life is a bullfight, be a matador. Um, as, as weird and crazy as that sounds, I've kind of lived off that philosophy over the last at least decade of my life. You know, being my father was from Spain and the, mm. the bull represents, you know, kind of the Spanish culture and it's something so strong and powerful. And then, you know, you, you've got a matador who, you know, is, is a lot smaller, but if smarter, you know, you kind of defeat the bull. So that's, uh, in a weird way, that's kind of been my, my mantra. Not wow. anything too cliche, I guess. Is that something that your dad used to tell no, you, or you just came up with that yourself? Nothing. I mean, I think one day I, I wanted to go, like, run with the bulls in Spain, yeah. and I was like, I'm not going to do it because I'll chicken out. But um, just the whole bull fascination of just, man, there's this massive animal, and, you know, it, yeah. could, it could kill you. Right, and that's kind of been the philosophy with like mm. life. You know, everything's going to be stacked up against you, and you know, in a in a bullfight, you've got a guy, a matador, who's uh, a lot smaller, and he's in front of thousands of people, and most of them are cheering him on. But yeah. you know, you've got a few haters in the stands that actually yeah. want to see the bull win. <laughs> but you know, if, if the whole concept is that, hey, look, you're going to have challenges like like a bull, they're going to be a lot bigger than you, and if you can outsmart it, and if you can, you know, navigate correctly, you you may win. So wow. you hope you win. Don't don't die. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I like that. Life is a bullfight, be a matador. So in, in essence, it's accepting that life has challenges. Life is going to be a fight. Accept that and gracefully maneuver around that. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, it's, it's almost unfair to a sense, right? You, you're, you're up against um, something a lot bigger, yeah. larger, stronger. And it's so much easier to just say, you know, there, there's no way, it's impossible. Yeah. Well, you know, if you if you really think about it, matadors for the most part, you know, they, they usually win, you know, without without the risk of going in there knowing that they may get hurt. So, you know, I think that that's just been it's been symbolic because of the culture and obviously the heritage. Also just because of the the analogy, if you will, and and how it represents, you know, and I and I use that for everything. You know, it, it could be you know, a, a challenge against an employee or a challenge against a project or a customer or closing, closing a deal that you think is impossible, right? And you're just like, this is, this is way bigger than me. But if you're equipped with the right tools, the right strategy, you're, you're, you're going to win. Here's another question. If, if you could have lunch with anyone, past or present, who would it be and why? Oh, man. I mean, I, I'd say my dad, you know, mostly because mm. he's, he's dead. So because I can't. Uh, have lunch with him, you know, because he started this legacy. Quick little back history, you know, my parents, uh, both immigrants, father from Spain, mom from Mexico, immigrated to this country, started this business in 1985. Mm. So my father in Spain was a developer in southern Spain and he's building hotels. So he had a fascination for construction. So he came here and things are built different. You know, they call it toothpick construction. It's, we use wood framing out there, they use concrete. And uh, do dove into the mm. world of building here and, um, did okay, you know, he started figuring it out and um, got into like really secure verticals, food manufacturing, but but kept it kind of small, always wanted control of it. And he didn't even know how to really read English. So my mom, who had studied English, she was an airline certist, 
she she did like a crash course with him and would identify words that go with answers and he kind of had like this photographic memory and he went and passed it just based on that so they just both in unison just created like the moment the pivotal moment that nobody thinks about right that you your were mom able to go like license your mom my mom probably could have passed it like with, you know <laughs> with her eyes closed my dad wow. had to do that with um you know, photographic memory because he knew how to build things. He was technical. He's a lot smarter yeah. than I am. I mean, he he could like definitely tell you, okay, this is exactly how you do. It. He doesn't even need a set of plans, but um, but yeah, but that's that's really cool. And I have to remind myself that because I go, man, you know, growing up, we used to help them on little tasks for the business, but she was always very much involved. I mean, she was his support system to build the company. Yeah. You know? Well, I guess in some in, in essence, he did he did provide for you guys and and left you with with security yeah and they built something and it lasts and it's showing and obviously if it didn't then you guys wouldn't be here but like yeah so he actually did build something for you guys That's he really did cool. he left he, he left. Laid, laid the foundation for you guys and we didn't see that till now right because uh-huh. it was uh, i call it the safety net like when we lost him we lost our safety net right we lost you know every house every, the business friends like you know people would come around us because they they did well and you don't realize that until after you're like oh man this you know people are just hanging out because yeah. you're providing free food and that was like close family members too so you go this is crazy but uh, so when we lost him we lost the safety net and now if the mission's just been provide a safety net now for others anybody yeah. that's employed here you know i don't want you to think twice that it's like do they got me we've got you you know mm-hmm. because for the last decade about since he passed as a young 20 year old guy you're looking for another safety net you're looking for okay who's going to mentor me who's going to and then you leech on to certain people and then you're trying to be like them and you're like this is the guy that's going to take care of me now this is and you don't realize that you know i realized a couple of years ago it's like wait a minute idiot you <laughs> you are supposed to be the safety net you've got the platform to be the safety net so stop searching and just start doing be the safety net and that was like pretty pivotal where it's like well okay you feel more responsibility but you you embrace it it's like this makes sense yeah at one point it's like you're like i don't need the responsibility like oh crap i gotta step up to the plate it's like the prince became the king yeah like you took over the throne you're like okay i guess i gotta do this yeah and hopefully without any of the recognition though because i think people start people get into into this like top tier title and you and you they just think it's like now i'm the man it's like man i'm i am not the man I need everybody to be the man at their seat. That's how this thing will succeed. In fact, we just did it like a couple of weeks ago. We like flipped our accountability chart. I was oh, wow. like, you know what? Well, why am I at the top of the totem pole? Like, mm. you know, there's no weight on my shoulders here. You know, the, the, the workforce should be at the top of the, the totem pole. You know, they're the ones providing the outcome, you know, and they don't really feel the weight on their shoulders. We kept it relatively small as in comparison to what we have now. But they, they kept it safe and fast forward 2009, we actually lost him with, with no succession plan. So we dove in. I was more focused on doing something else. You know, I didn't, I didn't think that they really understood life in America. You know, I was the first born yeah. here, so I had it all figured out, right? And, uh, you know, I wanted to be in business. I wanted to be in law. And I was working for a mentor of mine um, in Claremont. And I just kind of had like an open door opportunity to become an attorney, a civil, civil litigator. I thought it was cool, right? Business yeah. law. And uh, I remember when he got sick, he called me in his office and he's like, hey, Juan, I, I need you to really think about going and, and working with your family because you, you do have a little bit of a business mindset. 
And I kind of fought it, and he said, look, Juan, I think you're going to be a shitty attorney. And I said, well, <laughs> that sucks hearing that from your mentor, right? So I, I went over, and we started looking at things. And, and before he passed, you know, we tried to get as much together as we could, but we failed failed miserably. You know, he passed. We, we lost him. We lost the business. So fortunately, we kept, you know, a name. We kept some customers, and we said, you know what, let's see if we can get this thing going because what I saw that I didn't see before was the transactions, the business. You know, you, you do a service, you get paid for it. If you do it well, you're gonna make money. If you do it more times, you're gonna make more money. And you, and you got something pretty cool here. So I was kind of maybe fueled by the fact that I was not appreciative of the fact that I didn't see what he had. You know, construction was not sexy to me. I wanted to be in, in the world of, of business and making deals. And I, and I didn't think you could do that here. So, you know, I started figuring this out and I think just quickly I started realizing, wow, you know, I wish I wish he was here so I could tell him now that I, I just didn't see it, Dad, you know, but but now I do. So I think that fueled me to say, okay, let's let's really start building this thing. I think we've got something here. So we started getting into different verticals. I got us into healthcare, which just yep. skyrocketed our business. And I'm really fortunate, met some great people along the way, a lot of mentors, a lot of influencers. And you know, over the last few years, we kind of said, "Hey, look, we've we're, we've got a lot of transactions now. It's just survival mode. Let's just keep, you know, building projects and making money off them." And then we said, "Well, hold on. This is this is a business. How do we now, you know, instead of just being a construction company, how do we create a cool business, right? Because I still have no interest in being a contractor. I respect the industry, and I I'm obsessed with this world of building." But I by no means want to be a contract. Construction is a service line along with some of our other service lines that allow us to transact in this space, right? That allow us to make money to create the revenue to fuel kind of this, this community that we're trying to build out. So, you know, we, we've gotten to that point now and we're, we're redefining it to a service line, more of like an all things building. But now we've realized we have a really, really cool business where we are doing all those things I never thought you could do, you know, deals and transactions and you know, championing people. That's kind of been, yep. been our biggest thing. I'm, I'm one of four siblings yep. and we're all involved in the business and I'll, and I'll get to kind of that in a second, but you, everybody's been involved in some capacity. I mean, we were, we were thrown into the, you know, trenches at 15 whenever we could work to start doing yeah. construction. I think that's why I ended up hating it. I just, there's nothing yeah. sexy about this. I didn't, you know, I don't, so I, I kind of ran away from it. And I have a twin brother who's our CFO now. He's always been involved in the business. I think this is the only job he's ever had, which he's unbelievable at it. I mean, I have an older brother and he's involved with the business. And my sister who went to school for architecture is involved in the business. Oh, wow. She's our COO. I mean, was it a part where you're like, dude, I don't want to be selfish? Like, how did that conversation happen in your mind? Well, it, it's you you hit it on the head. It, it was legacy, right? It was like, look, you know, we, we can't let um, his legacy also die. You know, my mom's still alive. So if anything, there's the silver linings when she's been able to see us grow this business because she very much was a big part of this. You know, from the beginning, she was his right hand. Mm. So for, for her to be here and see it, grow to where it has it's almost been like that's been the silver lining like even though he couldn't see it she has and uh, so yeah it was all about legacy and you know working with siblings is not the easiest thing in the world but you know you have to get real you know we've had had a conversation where it's like hey look what are we going to do I immediately became kind of obsessed with the fact that I was missing out the business part of it that was what interested me more I mean I love building things I know how I know how to read plans I you know I've kind of gone down that road some would say I, I, I don't because we've hired people that can do it 10 times better than I can, and that's been the point. 
But the business and the transaction side of it was just kind of what got my juices flowing and saying, okay, we can build off this brand. We can build a cool business. And, uh, you know, so we had to have a sit down and say, hey, look, like we, we understand this is the family business, mm-hmm. but, you know, we need to get real here. We need to understand, you know, who does what. And that was always challenging up until, you know, a few years ago where, you know, I, I had somebody come on who uh, really helped us redefine that. It made a world of a difference because you have to understand what seat you're in for the business, you know, with, with kind of removing your ego. Like if you're going to be the best salesman, you better be in a sales role. You're going to be in best finance. You know, you can't just be, everybody wants to be the man, right? And it's like, okay, well, what if you could just be the man at your seat or yeah. the woman at your seat, right? So that's what we've worked at really hard with. And, and because we've set that example as siblings, we do it now with, with the entire staff, you know, make sure they're in the right chair. How is it that you're all able to like remove that ego and work together like that? Well, I think you, I think everybody personally knows deep down like where they belong, even though there may be somewhere that they want to be and say like, I'd, I'd rather be in that chair because it just has a better title or whatever yeah. that may be. I think you, you really know where you belong in yeah. that chair. You know, once you realize it, you know, you, you see that you're just as valuable doing what you do best for the company versus, oh no, I'm supposed to be in this seat. You're supposed to be in the chair or seat that you you feel the most right in. You know, at least that's yep. kind of been the philosophy. And so, yeah, there were some growing pains with that, but we got it figured out. Was there ever a moment where we're gonna walk away from it all? I kind of just naturally, just my whole life, kind of grew up as a. I maybe didn't know, but just kind of like wanted to be the leader. You yeah. know, in a sense, and and by no means am I saying that like arrogantly. I just felt like. I could read the room a little better than everybody. I can understand the personalities and, and all that has to do with is understanding people, right? It wasn't, I knew I was not going to be technical. I yep. knew I could operations and me, no bueno, right? So, but yep. <laughs> you know, you just go, man, but, yeah. but I appreciate, I know it exists. I know it has to be championed by somebody that can do it better than me. Yeah. But for, for whatever reason, I never thought it, it, it was never a fear that maybe, okay, they're going to come and do this better than me and they're going to take my job. For me, it was always, you're going to do your job. And you're going to do it better than me because you deserve to do that job. I'm just going to try to do what I do best. And it so happens to be that I can maybe help lead the company that way yep. because that just happens day in and day out in any business, in any industry, right? It's like, you know, you're, you're always trying to protect your job and you don't want somebody to come in and do it better because then you, you fear you're going to lose it. So no, yep. it's all worked out and Brought it's working out. together too. Yeah. Yeah. In a good way. It did. Yeah. We're all extremely close. We all still, we have a lot of fun. I mean, they say, don't work with your, don't work with your family or your friends. You know, you hear that all the time. And and I agree to that to a certain extent, but it's, if that's only if you can't have the let's get real conversation, you know, but the personal versus business, you know, personal is fueled with, you know, heart and emotion. Businesses, you actually have to just make a logical, non-emotional decision, right? So I would encourage anybody to work with their friends and family because one, the trust is there. But what everybody misses is that that one conversation of, okay, well, let's just sit down and let's get real really quick. You know, what are you gonna do? What am I gonna do? And if this doesn't work out, can we just, you know, call it quits or do whatever you gotta do. And I think that's where people just don't have that conversation where it's yep. like, hey, look, for a sec- for a split second here, we gotta be business people yep. and we gotta sit down and have that conversation. If not, it's just, hey, bud, let's just, let's, we'll just figure it out. Yep. And then you're dragging, then you're ruining relationships, you're ruining families, you're ruining friendships. And I think that's that's pretty painful to see. We, we still had a pretty strong culture of 
both our cultures influenced by us yep. and we didn't really understand what the American culture was. Mm. You know, like we, we still, I mean, we grew up in a very privileged area in California, Glendora, California, where we are now is, you know, primarily white neighborhood with, you know, really good schools. And, you know, we were very privileged. I mean, I, I felt the minority card once in a while because my name's Juan. I mean, my yep. parents probably could have gave me a, an edge and, you know, called me like a David, so I could have been David, <laughs> right? But but no, but I think that's also part. I embrace that now because I think any little challenge, whether it was name or, or heritage or whatever, you know, kind of builds character. It builds everything. But yep. yeah. It's growing up. Hispanic, do you feel like there's been a difference or it comes with different challenges or do you feel like there's no line? Remember, we're in Southern California, right? So anybody in this area is already kind of, if you're in construction, more than likely you're, usually if you're working with your hands, you're in that, you know, Hispanic, Mexican. I mean, we're so close to the border here that if if you're, whether you're from Spain or anywhere, any Southern countries here, you're just considered Mexican, right? Like, because we're so close to the border and it's good and you just kind of go with the flow there. But I think there's been maybe an advantage with the workforce, right? Because, yeah. you know, as, as a culture, I think everybody wants to see you succeed and see people do things and whatnot. And that, that's been cool. But I also do think there's there's people that, you know, America's a melting pot. You know, you're, we're, we're from all over the, the world and come here to watch people succeed. So I think that's, uh, you know, it's it's I've tried to use it in my benefit, you know. So yeah. I'm sure there's been certain people that don't want to work with you because X, Y, Z. But there's some very, very successful Hispanic owned and ran, Latino owned and ran companies here, and you know they've, they've done a good job. Yep, yeah, I, I love seeing, I love being able to talk with you and being able to see leaders of different nationalities, and I love being able to see like you know a leader like yourself in the Hispanic culture that could quite possibly change you know and and add value to that culture altogether. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, our our whole you know we exist to champion people's values and purpose. So they're empowered to build a life of significance. And that confuses a lot of people, right? Because it's like, what does that have to do with construction? And nothing, right? It, because we're not a construction company. We're a people company. And through that message of what we're just starting to roll out, because we've, we've always known it, you know, what our core values are, but we're now starting to put it into words, which will create culture. But it's also allowing me to fill my significance. You know, me, me people championing is like what I was built to do, you know, and, and I love the business and the transactions of it, but it's just the people are the best part of the problem. So yeah, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you.